All right, we're working on our ditty. We don't have a ditty yet. You didn't bring the guitar. I did not bring the guitar, but we have a neighbor who's in a band called the Brill Babies. Yeah. And he is a songwriter and a guitarist, and he's working on it. He's writing a song for us, so we'll be playing that sometime in the near future. As soon as he is ready. We didn't want this to be a burden on him. You know what? It's kind of hard for me to look at you because your hair is a little nutty. Why? <laughs> it's just it's all a little over long. The place. Yeah, I know, long. and I put a little bit of the moose in there. Yeah, I can tell it from yesterday. No, I was going to say you haven't combed it since you woke up this morning. And yeah, I, I suggested a hat, and you said no. That's okay. No shower today. That, um, that's not uncommon. Yes, either. it's part of my hygiene. Every other day. Every other day. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. That's disgusting. Um, all right, we are talking about a lot of different things today, but okay. the first thing we want to talk about was the. Follow up from last week's show. About our injuries. Because there's one thing that after we were done with our show, you're like, oh, man, I forgot to say something. What I wanted to say was that when we were talking about our injuries, like our physical ailments, that we always think about our physical ailments or anything that happens to us that's challenging as negative. We always focus on, oh, um, you know, that happened to me and it hurts and, you know, this must be an awful thing or poor me or – and. The truth is that sometimes when we have a pain, if it be a physical pain or emotional pain, it's actually could be a good thing. It could be an opportunity for growth. It could be something, let's talk about physical pain. It could be something in our body that's shifting mm-hmm. that maybe needs to shift and maybe it hurts a little bit initially, but it's something that needs to happen. Like for example, I was just telling you that I just got back from the chiropractor and my my lower back actually feels better, but now I'm feeling stuff in my neck. And so it's kind of like I'm getting all recombobulated. Is that a word? Recalibrated. Recalibrated. That's probably a better word. And so no, recombobulated <laughs> is a better word than recalibrated. So like one healing may lead to another healing, which may lead to another healing. And that's the exact same thing with um, emotional work too. Sometimes you have to feel a pain or deal with something that's painful to look at it. And then you heal from that and you see more things about yourself and you're more compassionate for other people who have that pain. Sometimes pain, not in the moment, but can be looked at as a good thing, as okay. a growth. So devil's advocate. Okay. I popped my hamstring right. 11 days ago. Right. I haven't played basketball since. Right. How is that a good thing? Well, I don't I don't know. That's for you to decide. But as you want me to give you I'm my perspective? I'm deciding that it was a bad thing. Okay, fine. But do you want me to give an outside perspective here? Sure. Okay. A few things. Number one, you couldn't play basketball for a week, so you had to look for something else like yoga, and you had other experiences with that. Okay. Um, another thing, you were able to help me in the morning on certain days when you're not, you know, I'm not used to having you there super early in the morning, so I could get up earlier I got more you. sleep. That's positive. There you go. You got more sleep. So it doesn't mean that playing basketball, not playing basketball is absolutely good or absolutely bad. It's not so cut and dry. There's gray in there. Mm-hmm. It's like not playing basketball. What can you do with that time since you won't be playing basketball that could be a good thing? My answer or, was a little bit of sleep. A little bit of sleep. Because I would usually wake up at 5, but I woke up at 7. Right. For four days, which right. is which is not something I usually do during the week. Right. So that's one good thing. Right. I don't think I can't think of any other good thing that happened. Well, we went to a few good yoga classes. Yeah. Um, you also are starting to see some connections, maybe, to your hamstring and how you deal with your body and how sometimes you push it rather than heal it, and maybe you're learning things about yourself. Well, and I think I got mad at myself. For two reasons. One is because I couldn't place a game that I like to play, and two is because I lost control. 
Oh, Does that make okay, sense? Sure. Like I feel like, no, I do yoga. I do this. I play basketball. I stretch out. I run before I play basketball. And it still popped. And I got frustrated at myself because I'm like, no, this doesn't happen to well, me. Well, that's what our whole show about was about last week. That's right. exactly what I was saying is you, we do things. And so we assume that that means we're protected from illness and injury. And I'm sorry, you never are. Right. And that's the thing. You know, people do things like meditate and do, and I'll, I guess I won't say people. I'll talk about me. You know, I do things like meditate and do yoga and I, you know, read a lot of books and I think, okay, you know, now this, these things won't happen to me. Well, things still happen. You still have pain. You still have injury. You still have crisis. You still have challenges. I think what the thing about yoga and meditation and reading and taking care of ourselves does is it helps us cope with these things or maybe get a different viewpoint on these things. So we did, you know, what's the saying that that's so popular? You know, it's it's not what happens to you. It's, it's how, you, how deal you deal with, with it. it. Is this going to take over my life and I'm going to completely get lost in this? Or am I going to be able to see that some, there is a light in this? I think you, know, you used to have a, a plaque in your kitchen back when you were single before we were married. And I think it's an attitude. Um, something like life is... 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you deal with it. Well, and you know why I put that up? It was when my dad was sick. Mm. There, there was a time where my dad was in the hospital for a long period of time after he had a heart attack and a stroke, and I had to basically live at the hospital. Right. My whole family did, and I put that plaque up to um, get me through it, that, right. that I had to find um, – a way to be helpful to my family, be helpful to myself, be helpful to my dad, but also find some light in it. You know, could I find some, could I still laugh during the day? Could I still, um, you know, enjoy the food that we were having right. together as a family in the hospital? Could I find so- something in it so I could keep going? Right. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. When you're in crisis, you have to focus on your attitude instead of, because I had days where I got lost in it. Right. But I also had to find time to to find the joy in in dark times. Well, and there's levels of crisis. Like your dad being sick is obviously a life changing right. uh, experience. My hamstring pull is nothing really, but if you can look at those two ideas and pull the same lessons out of it. I popped my hamstring and I was frustrated because this happened, and I was probably more like ninety percent of what happens to me and right. 10% of right. how I dealt with right. it. So, Well, it goes back to acceptance. Right. Accept what is. It happened. And I, and I didn't want to accept it. And so I kept saying to you last week's show and even at home, you would say, well, I think it's because I did this and I think it did this and I think if I would have done this. And I'm like, who cares? Right. It already happened. Right. So you can rationalize it in your brain all you want, but right. it already happened. And, so. and with your dad getting sick, obviously that happened too. It happened. So you had no choice but to deal with right. it. Right. I you, had to grieve and I did. Right. I was fine with that, you know, crying when I needed to, but I also had to be the best I could be in that situation, which is a lot to ask, but man, that's, that's life. Okay. And, um, okay. So, okay. I want to change cool. gears. Right. Um, so since we started doing this radio show in January of this year, we have been surrounded and supported by a lot of positive feedback. Yeah, great emails. Thank you. Great emails. Great reviews and everything else. So yesterday morning, my friend Greggy texted me. He's like, have you checked, have you checked <laughs> iTunes? And he said, because there's a pretty bad review of your show, and I did not, he saw it before I did, so I pulled it up. And you're an author, so right. you are used to seeing a little bit of yeah, criticism. My book has been critiqued, mostly positive, right. but of course there's people who say it should be this or it should be this. So this is my first experience yeah. with anything negative, and I don't want to give the, the review too much power. If you're really interested, you can go to iTunes <laughs> and, and read it yourself, but... 
he basically said, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. We he suck. said it wasn't Zen. Yeah, it wasn't Zen. And and I, I read it once. So I could have not read it at all, which I don't think would have been authentic. Right. And I could just read it over and over and try to change and make this person happy, which no. wouldn't be healthy. Yeah. So I decided that I'm going to read it once. So I literally read it once, and it had something to do with us babbling. and us. <laughs> we do babble. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, it's kind of part of talk radio is you babble. <laughs> right. And that we're not Zen. We're the opposite of Zen and all that. So I just thought it was interesting. So I texted Greggy back, and I said, you know, that's what happens when you put yourself out there, which right. we're doing. Right. And I'll, I'll get upset over it for two seconds. Uh-huh. And, and, then and move I, on. And time to move on. And you called me out and said, you know, maybe you're going to be upset for more than two seconds. Right. But that was my way of protecting myself from getting hurt, I think. Right, which you do. Which you I do. You say, okay, that, you know, you just kind of mull through it and say, well, so be it and move on. And, you know, I think the thing is, is it's not about, you know, I kind of want to get to the deeper level of this. It's, you know... It's a criticism and or it's someone who doesn't agree or mm-hmm. it's someone who has a different opinion. And, you know, if like you said, if we're going to put ourselves out there, of course, we're going to find that. You right. know, of course, we're going to run into people who say that's not what I believe Zen to be. Mm-hmm. It's we believe that what our definition of Zen is. We are discussing Zen in the way that we believe it, but it's not his definition. And that's fine. Right. Um, and we also have to be OK with that. If we're going to talk about things, people are going to come back with their own opinion. That's fine. But what I was focused on with you was. You can be annoyed about it for a little bit. Right. You can be frustrated or angry, and not at him, but at the situation or how it makes you feel. Like, I went for a little drive and went and got a bagel and coffee and kind of went through my own thoughts and... And you did your own through, Yeah, of I did processing. my own processing through it, okay. and um, which I have to do with criticism. That's what I have to do. And then you get through it, and you're like, okay, not that it's gone, but I looked at it. Because criticism is inevitable. And one thing that we need to do is look at it, not take it in and make it who we are, not keep it from, not change our perspective necessarily, but at least look at it and see if there's anything we can take from it. Right. Yeah. So I feel like we, I should automatically be able to pull a positive out of this criticism, but sometimes it just is something that says, okay, this person feels differently. So, but I think in the end, I, I feel like this is a good exercise or a valuable lesson. Not that I adore being criticized, but I feel like somewhere in here is a lesson. Well, it won't be the first time. Right. Because people have their own opinions about parenting is such a, is the word volatile? Not. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, an emotionally intense area to right. discuss. And even though I think what we're trying to to talk about is take care of yourself, be the best you you can be, parent from your heart, things that are very positive. There are going to be people who who say, no, that's not the way you do it, or I don't agree with you. And we're just in a world of, we're just in an emotional line of work. Right. And I have been my whole life. So I'm a little more used to people coming back and saying, I don't agree with you. And I respect that mm-hmm. um, as long as we're having a, a, a respectful conversation. I mean, I, I respect other people's opinion. I right. mean, if people are just saying you suck and they don't give any follow-up. Then there's no open <laughs> flow of communication. <laughs> there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to discuss. But I just think that, you know, what yesterday was about was a good – don't even – let's not even focus on the criticism. It was a great awareness for you of what you do. Right when you are confronted with something that's kind of emotional. Suppress it. You say, oh, I'm over it. Yep, I'm, I'm done. done. Move on, move on. Well, I grieved it for two seconds, and now I'm done. <laughs> I'm cured. <laughs> and, you know, can I just say something about criticism as a whole? Let's sure. not even talk about, you know, that so much, the one on iTunes. Is criticism can be so powerful to people because it keeps them 
from doing things that maybe they really want to do Mm -hmm. because they're more worried about what other people will will think or say than how they really feel. People are so fearful of being criticized that they will actually not live their life to the fullest um, because they just don't want anyone to say anything bad about them. And I can say this firsthand because I think I lived 30 years like that. And I was so concerned about what everyone else thought about me that I suppressed a lot of what I wanted to do or I didn't say what I wanted to say or I chose lines of work that weren't um, volatile or that weren't – what's the word I'm looking for? It's not volatile. That weren't high energy – that can get people all riled up. You know, I chose things that were really simple Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to, you know, going to talk about these things. You're going to go by the book. I'm going to go by the book or I'm going to use other people's belief system and then talk about it and then say, well, that's what they believe. I'm just teaching And they're the experts. They're the experts, And I'm just communicating this message. Exactly. And I think what I figured out is I got to share what I believe and part of that is taking criticism. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I just I want to put that out there because we can talk about this in our line of work, but people do that with parenting, mm-hmm. don't you think? Well, absolutely. And you know, the one um, example that I was just thinking of is you talk about criticism. Like I think all, most of us probably parent differently in a grocery store versus Always. in the four room yeah. in the four walls of our house. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, it is not about us guiding this child. It is how is how am I being perceived? Yes. In this grocery yes. store. And I could t- we're all guilty of it, including right. us. Or a restaurant. Or a restaurant yeah. or whatever. And we just don't want I, – I think that what a lot of parents do is they exercise control much quicker in a public place yes. because they don't want to show any type of embarrassment, right. even if it's at the expense of, their children. of that child. Yeah. And I think that happens all the time. I do too. And I think, you know, step one is to have that awareness, saying, okay, am I going to parent why – why in the world would I parent differently – in a grocery store and a restaurant versus while I'm in... Because that exactly that reason, like um, it, we're more concerned about making sure that other people think we're doing good things. and But there's a craziness in there, Todd, because there's an assumption that we know what other people are thinking. Right. That's crazy. Right. How do we... Know, and that's kind of... I'm saying that again, personal experience. I spent my whole life thinking I knew what other people were thinking and they wanted me to be this and they wanted me to say this. And so I did it for them. Right. And I didn't know what they were thinking. There's yeah. There's a... Insanity in that thinking. Right. You know, we can't go around believing we know what other. We can have some experience maybe and say, well, I think they might be wanting me to do this or that. We can use our intuition, but we don't really know. Um, and a story that I wanted to share as far as parenting is a girlfriend of mine told me recently that her daughter was having some problems in school. And so she went to the school meeting. There was a school meeting and, you know, the teacher and the principal and everyone was going to be there. And my friend um, was sitting in the meeting, you know, with her arms crossed, really upset at her daughter because that's what the rest of the staff was doing. You know, the teacher was really, you know, frustrated and the principal was sharing the frustration. So my friend sat there kind of mimicking what they were doing while her daughter was sitting there crying. She was a lone man in the room. Being upset. And and my friend was saying how awful she felt. And I said, well, why did you feel awful? And she said, because I just wanted to hugger. Mm-hmm. I said, why didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I didn't want to. I didn't want them to think I didn't care. Or that she wasn't being strict enough what, to... Right. Not being a, a, you know... Like a demanding parent saying, this is what needs to happen. Right. And, or having control over my child. You right. know, I've got to show them how mad I am. And I'm telling you something, that is parent, you know, and again, my, my friend and I have had this discussion, but that's parenting with your head instead of your heart. That is parenting from 
you know, what is everyone here? What I want to do what these people think I should be doing. And even though I would love to like put my arm around my child and console her in this hard time, I instead am going to do what they think I should do. There's a really wacky right. thought process going on. And it doesn't mean you sit there, you know, that she needs to sit there and console her daughter and say, oh, it's okay. It's okay for you to get poor grades. But she can sit there with her arm around her mm-hmm. and still share the same message, right. but say, I love you no matter what. Right. Right. Kind of like we, we, whatever, a few months ago we did that show on uh, TV and movie dads and the Juno dad yes. kind of did that. And like, you know, I, he didn't agree with her being pregnant. He wasn't okay with it. It's not what he taught her. But you know what? It happened. Mm-hmm. It's it, just like your hamstring. Right. It, it happened. happened. Now let's deal with let's it. Let's deal with it. But I can treat you with love and respect mm-hmm. while we deal with it. Mm-hmm. And the more I treat you with love and respect, the more you are going to treat other. You know, it, we're teaching them how to deal with with issues as well. And you could deal with that in very small things and very huge things. Like the school meeting is probably somewhere in the middle. I remember um, a friend of mine uh, had a daughter who was in her early 20s, and she said, Dad, what is the worst thing that you'd want to hear from me right now? And he said (laughs) something like, "Uh, you have brain brain cancer and you're going to die in six months. She's like, well, what's the second worst thing? And, And he said... You're pregnant and you don't know who the father is. And she said, well, it's the second one. And wow. and he's, you know, he instantly went into, I love you. I'm going to support you through this. We're going to, and it was just a very powerful story to me right. because here, here, the second hardest thing that a dad wants to hear. And yet he responded with love in the moment with love. And does that mean he agrees with it? Does no. that mean he's condoning it? Right. Does that mean that's what he wanted for her? Right. No. And right. I think that's the piece is some, we so often parent from this place of um, fear, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, well, I'm going to show them how angry I am and then that will teach them right. versus you can parent from love and still teach them. Right. And, you know, I, and that, I, I don't know if that's been passed down to us as being okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so do you want to keep talking about thoughts? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about thoughts. Okay. Where do you want to begin? What thoughts are you having? Do you know what we forgot to do? What? We forgot to introduce ourselves when we started the oh, show. Oh, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. <laughs> at the 17-minute mark, brought to you by Avid Company. It's just a little do a little break. That's right. I don't even remember how we started the show. Well, you started right away about the Diddy. Oh, yeah, the Diddy. About Let's the talk about babies. Diddies and installments and snippets. Well, let's not. Okay. Okay. Um, well, one thing that I wanted to discuss, um, and I thought it kind of fit nicely with what we were just talking about um, is what a big role thoughts play in our life. Okay. Does, does that sound like a silly statement? Well, I think it kind of does because what are you if you're not your thoughts? Well, that that's a famous quote. That is it. If um, uh, I, think, I think, therefore I am. And who said that? Uh, Descartes. Descartes. Rene Descartes. Which means of the cart. <laughs> Right? It does, but yeah. I, I think it's French. Yeah. Well, I, I speak French, too. Oui, oui. Or maybe it's not French. I don't know. I don't want to say that and be wrong. Homework but. assignment for all you listeners. Find out who Descartes was and what his name means. But he did. He said, I think, therefore, I am. And so some people really do believe... That you are your thoughts. That they are And that is thoughts. all there is. Right. Right. And we, a long time, how many years ago, we had this discussion yep. about, um, I was kind of questioning thoughts yeah. and what they really are. And what did you say to me? Who am I if I'm not my thoughts? You're Didn't like, I? yeah, you, I think you thought I was a little silly. Well, yeah. I mean, how, all I am is my functioning brain. Right. And this is what comes out of my mouth based on what my brain tells me. And then through some self-discovery... I'm realizing and we're realizing together there's something more than your thoughts. Yes. And what I've always said, like I have my own little vision board in my office, 
and it's the difference between understanding your head and your heart. And I'm trying to make a move from my brain and thoughts to my heart. Right. So what is your heart? Or at least a connection. A connection. Because the best, the ideal situation mm -hmm. is having a balanced head and heart. Right. Because the thing that about thinking is thinking isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Thinking's fantastic. It's, you know, we're human beings and we have this capacity to to think and learn and read and take in information. That's amazing. I'm not saying that's bad. But oftentimes our thinking overrides our heart, right. which I think connects very well to criticism. Right. We think too hard about what other people say right. and do, the things we've read, the things we watched, the things we think to be truth. Mm -hmm. We may not even know why we think they're truth. Right. Right. You know, maybe you're running tape in our head. And we think so hard about those things, we forget about what our heart says. Right. Our essence. Uh, you know, we use the word heart. You can use spirit. I don't know. There's soul. Soul. You know, there's a lot, you know, fill in your own word. But there's something more to me than just the brain waves going on inside my head. Right. And you know how we can kind of play this game? Because there's going to be some people maybe questioning this. Because this is deep, right? Sure. Is that your thoughts are a continuous flow. They thoughts go and go and go. It's like a um it's a bodily function. It's, it's like your kidneys cleaning up everything in your system and your liver and and everything else. It's just something that you can't stop from happening. You can't stop. And there are some people who say, you know, um, I'm going to meditate so I can stop my thoughts. It's impossible. Right. You can't stop thoughts. They it is your brain, that's what it does. It it thinks thoughts. It thinks thoughts. What you do through meditation is you watch your thoughts mm -hmm. and you realize that thoughts go on and you can watch them as an observer, mm -hmm. but you are not the thoughts. The right. thoughts are kind of their own. It's like a little computer up mm -hmm. there. Right. In yoga, we call it monkey mind, Okay. where you know part of the practice of yoga is recognizing your monkey mind, mm -hmm. that you're constantly moving from thing to thing. I mean, just for fun, you guys, you know, after, after you listen to this show, of course. Of course. Of course. Sit for a minute or two and notice how your thoughts go all over the place like a ping pong ball. Right. You go from here to here to here to here. And the only way to notice your thoughts is to be in a place of stillness. Right. Is that safe to say? I think so. Because otherwise you're completely identified with anything that's going on with what's in front of you. You're either thinking about yesterday or tomorrow or your kids are in the kitchen or wherever it is. If you are in a place of stillness, it's much easier to become an observer of what's going on in your brain. So my question to you is, why is this important? Why do we need to try to observe our thoughts from a distance instead of completely identifying with them? Well, identifying with our thoughts means we are constantly going in that flow of thinking, which may not be truth. Right. I mean, for example, you know... Um, I, I could be thinking something terrible, like... Right. And if I'm just thinking that and I'm not observing it, then maybe, I don't know. Well, you know what? I can give a good example that happened just a couple weeks ago, and this, this is something that I did. Um, one of our daughters was having some challenges, and I was I was struggling with it. And you and I kind of stayed up that night talking about it, and I was really, I was having an emotional response to it. I was really overwhelmed. And I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was going to go tuck in Skylar because she tends to sleep on the floor these days. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I went to, you know, oh, it was yeah, like yeah. two in the morning and I went <laughs> to go tuck her in and I went in her room and I couldn't find her. Right. And she was, and then I went in my daughter's room. I thought maybe she moved to their floor to sleep and I couldn't find her. And I went all over the place and I woke you up and I said, I can't find Three Skylar. in the morning, dead sleep. I can't find Skylar. Like all of a sudden I'm thinking like Adam Walsh stuff. Right. And, you know, this is going to, actually I didn't. I knew that you were loon. You were crazy. Right. And you were overreacting to something with a very simple solution. But you were like... 
in the laundry room looking for like these places. Well, I was yelling downstairs, but the the, the moral of the story, <laughs> let's get to let's get away from my loneliness is that she was on our other daughter's floor and she was pretty much in plain view, but I couldn't see her because my thoughts before I went to bed were already so erratic and so emotional and so highly charged that when I woke up, I was already in that negative spiral where I just assumed something was going to go wrong. Okay. And what I would say is you were in a place of lack oh, instead yeah. of a lack of abundance. I was afraid. You were afraid. And so the the fear that I was already found something to be afraid yes, of. It found something else to be afraid of. And you know what? This let's let's have fun with this and another, you know take it away from parenting. I feel like this is what road rage is. Okay, yes. people identifying with their thoughts. They're driving along. They're they're frustrated at work. Someone kind of gets close to them and they say, "Hey, that guy got close to me. You know how dare he do that? He doesn't respect me either. My boss doesn't respect me. This guy doesn't respect me." And then the guy cuts in front of him, and then he's like, I'm going to run into him. I can't run into my boss, but I can run into this guy. Like, we identify with all of these thoughts going through our head, but they're not truth. Mm -hmm. This guy who may be a little close to you, he doesn't not respect you. He may be completely on the cell phone, Mm -hmm. not even paying attention to you. Or maybe he's singing a really good ditty in the car. That's right. Listening to an installment of Zen Parenting. Listening to an installment. (laughs) I like to work those words in as much as I can. (laughs) And snippets. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's, what we say is everybody's watching their own movie. Yes. And here we are thinking that we know exactly what's going on in this guy's head who just cut you off. But it could be completely benign and innocent, yet... Our negativity is creating something creating that doesn't even exist. And note, because our thoughts mm-hmm. are so negative, right? right? Then that is everything we're seeing. Right. We are see- if if the, if we are identifying. I love your word. If we are identifying with every thought that's going through our head, then that's how we view the world. You know, this happens a lot in parenting. Like if our child um, says something, for you know, and I, I've done this plenty, where we're like in a bad mood or we're feeling disrespected or unheard, and then our child maybe doesn't. Um, we say, oh, go wash your face, and they don't do it right away. And then we say, did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Go wash your face. You don't listen to me. Nobody listens to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bleh, we take it out on them right. sometimes too because we have these negative thoughts and we, we play it out with well, other people in our life. And as parents, we what, what I always try to remind myself is what is my role in this situation because it's very easy for me to direct all my energy towards the kid who's in front of me frustrating me. Right. But odds are the reason that that kid is frustrating me is probably because I'm already in a frustrated place right. to begin with. Because of what you're thinking about. Yeah, because I had a bad day at work or whatever. Right. So all of a sudden this kid who doesn't who does the same action whether it's, you know, drawing on the table and, you know, and spilling the paint or something like that completely innocently. But because I'm in a bad mood, all of a sudden I take it, I direct all that negativity towards this kid. Right. And, you know, my goal is to try to step outside of my ongoing thought processes. Your monkey brain. My monkey brain and to be able to observe it from a distance saying, okay, listen, I'm in a bad place right now. I need to remove myself from this situation. And, And remove myself from those thoughts for a second. Right. Can I get a perspective on this? Right. And you guys, you know, something, I think we share this a lot on the show. I know I share it in presentations. With this understanding, can you understand why a deep breath is so important? Right. A lot of people question the why is a deep breath so important. Right, because I'm going to breathe anyways. Why do I have to focus on I'm doing a deep breath? That's silly. A deep breath is a is a interruption of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. So before you completely identify with everything you're thinking and get all riled up and make assumptions, you take a deep breath 
get grounded and present again, and then make a decision of what you're going to do. It stops that monkey brain flow. And the way I like to say it is, it is impossible to identify with your thoughts and also be focusing on your breath at the same time. Mm, I like that. If you're focusing on your breath, you can't be identifying with the chaos of your world in that moment. Right. Just focus on the in- inhalation and exhalation of your breath. And it's a really powerful tool that I tell myself I should do every day and I forget to do most of the time. Right. Well, you know, I, I see you take deep breaths more often than you used to. I mean, maybe you don't do as much. <laughs> I bet that sounded really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's we're 28 minutes in. Okay. Can I just say one more thing? Sure. I want to say that, again, the ideal is the melding of the, the mind and the, the heart. And just to kind of give you guys what heart is, thinking with your heart means you go with feelings. Right. You go with what makes you feel good and you go with what you think is right in the moment rather than what everyone else is telling you to do. And so I just wanted to say that because a lot of people will say, well, how do I think with my heart? It's your feelings. What makes you feel yeah, and we can place. have a whole other show about feelings, Maybe which we probably week. will soon. Yeah. Um, you go ahead and promote what you got cooking. Okay. Uh, go to kathycassaniadams.com. Um, you can order my book there. It's cheaper if you order off her website versus Amazon. It but, is. But if you prefer Amazon, go ahead. But it's less money if you order off her website. And um, if you need a presentation, email me. Um, go to our Facebook page, Become a Fan of Zen Parenting Radio. Comment if there's something you guys want to talk about. And I also have a new book coming out in the next couple months. I think it's going to be called The Self-Aware Parent 2. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be super creative. Well, and that was under my advisement because well, you're, you're building up this. If you whatever, we yeah, could talk we'll about talk this about forever. it later. But anyway, that's coming out. And um, okay, and I'd like to talk about uh, Avid Company. If you live in the Chicagoland area and you're thinking about redoing your basement or your kitchen or your bathroom, give them a call. Their number is six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. You can find them on our ZenParenting.com page too. Please give them a call and tell them Zen Parenting sent you. And Zen, Zen parenting, parenting loves you. Loves you. Why do we say that? Because it's something that they say on sports radio every now and again. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, last but not least, um, at the end of every show, I usually close with kind of a weird phrase that some people understand Called and some people don't. It's a movie line. Oh, it's a movie line. Back okay. in the old days, I used to love to watch movies. Now that I'm a father of three, I don't watch as many movies, but it's kind of my way of kind of signing off the show. So I decided that on Facebook, if if you um, say what the movie is, um, that's not enough. If you know what the movie is, you need to come up with a different line from that movie. If you come up with a different line from that movie, I'll pick one listener to – we'll give them something free. Maybe we'll send them one of your books. Okay. Does that sound Sounds good? Sounds good. So, so go to Facebook and you'll know what we're talking Facebook. about. Facebook.com. So this week's closing is Denver. Gorgeous. Sunshine, Sunshine State. State. <laughs> if you know what that movie that's from, put in a different line from that movie on our Facebook page and I might just might send you a book. So this is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Saying see you next week.